the show starts in three, two, one. It's baseball time. Hello, welcome to Around the Bases. Our specialty is the baseball. Coming up in the program, we talk about the Longhorns killing everyone in their way. MLB checking Trevor Bauer's balls and some other exciting stuff like National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. Let's get into it. How are we feeling today, Brett? I'm feeling good. Um, it's been like a month since we like recorded this podcast, so I'm feeling good. I'm excited to actually be back here, and hopefully we can start doing this a little bit more consistently now that we're not we're dealing with snow and spring break and all of that. So I'm here. I'm good, for sure. How are you feeling today? I'm doing good. I, I got my first Vax on, uh, on Monday. Wait, which one? Which, I, which I got strain? The or not strain, I guess. Which? <laughs> I mean, is it a strain? Yeah, I guess it's like a strain variant. of vaccine. Yeah, variation. I guess you could call it a strain. Yeah, I, I got the uh, Moderna. Ah, Moderna gang. So you're, you got the first one? Yeah. Oh, so you're not vaccinated. You're just vaccine. Yeah, I'm vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> you're just vaccine. You're not vaccinated. You're just vaccine. <laughs> vaccine gang. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Have you been vaccinated? No, not yet. I had I actually had COVID. Did you have COVID? I did not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had COVID back in July. Um, that's not why I haven't got it yet. I just I'm gonna go next time I go home. I think I'm gonna get it. Um, like, you scared I'm, of needles? No, I'm not scared of needles. None of that. I'm, I'm pro vaccination, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I guess if that makes sense. Like, but get vaccinated, people. Like, get around to it. Like, I just need I need to stop slacking. But just do it. Yeah. All right. So first and foremost, let's get into some of the headlines. We're going to run down three headlines. This segment of First Base is called What's Happening. What's Happening? What's Happening? What's Happening? What's Happening? Only on Around the Bases. All right. I think the the biggest thing right now is Musgrove. Joe Musgrove throws that no-hitter versus our team, the Texas Rangers. Yes. Joe Musgrove, He uh, was it Friday night or Saturday night that he did it? It was Friday night. Yeah, Friday night against the Rangers. First no-hitter in Padres team history. Um, it was pretty cool because Musgrove, of course, is from San Diego. Um, and that's also the first no-hitter in San Diego history. And I think everyone knows that if you have an Instagram or a Twitter and a Facebook. But, I mean, that's a headline. That's why we're talking about it. But, I mean, I just, that's just cool. I mean, you see moments like that in baseball that don't happen that often. And Joe Musgrove. And to me, it's just cool whenever I know that it means something. And these guys are obviously getting paid millions and millions of dollars. So they have millions of reasons why it means something to them. But, like, you have, I guess, external factors. Like, that's his, his hometown. And that's their first one ever. Like, that just had to be cool. And that, that, that just it's just cool to see. Like, even that it happened against the Rangers. I mean, yeah. the Rangers are terrible. So my feelings weren't hurt that they lost a game. My, I was actually pretty happy with it, I guess, you know, as a – as a whole, but like I said, it's just cool to see Joe Musgrove do something like that whenever he's from San Diego. Yeah, you know that the the team isn't that good when the Rangers' highlight is Joey Gallo gets hit by a pitch. Uh, that's like the lone highlight that we had from the game. And actually, that's the one thing that, that didn't cause a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Musgrove wouldn't have lost control of that pitch, he would have thrown a perfect game. And that, that would have been really great. Uh, of course, the no-hitter is nothing to scoff at. Uh, it's really impressive. And... I know, like this pod, we we talk a lot about people's big body parts. Uh, last time we had Framber's big head. <laughs> have you seen Musgrove's ears? No, no. They're, they're we're always that's like going to be like the what what we're known for on this show is just like bullying MLB players about like <laughs> random facial features that they have. I'm looking at Joe Musgrove's ears now, and they're not as ridiculous as Framber Valdez's head, but they're pretty those big. Some very, he's, he's not he's not. He's hearing everything you're telling him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they stick out pretty wide in his in his player picture <laughs> <laughs> they're big no 
know. I just looked at the picture at the top of like the athletic article that I'm looking at, and yeah, those are some bigger ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm looking to the left, and I'm looking at this picture that Nikhil's showing me, and that those are like almost comically big ears. What? <laughs> Yo, if you're listening to this in the ra- like, if you're in your car listening to this, like, don't crash, but Google Google Joe Musgrove's ears to have a good laugh, and then Framber Valdez's his head if you like if you didn't listen a month ago. <laughs> That's funny, but yeah, Musgrove, it was cool. Um, like aside from his ears, um, but you know, he, it was cool cause I was reading, um, this piece in the athletic, a pretty extensive piece. I have to, I'll give credit to whoever wrote it whenever I, whenever I find it, but I just thought it was really interesting because, um, Joe Musgrove, like we talked about earlier, like you said, the only blemish that he had was Joe Musgrove hitting him with a pitch. Yeah. Um, and before that he just retired the first 11 Rangers batters in order. Um, and then he plunked Gallo on the knee and then he said it in the post game interview. He said, maybe if I hadn't hit him, he would have gotten a base hit. Um, so, you know, it's just funny. It's a good way to look at it, I guess, just because Gallo has also been really good this year. Um, and you never really think about that whenever you think about, you know, no hitters that were, you know, I guess an error or a hit by pitch away from a perfect game. It's because like, you know, who would have thought, what are the chances that Gallo, you know, ends it right there? You know what I mean? So I thought that was funny that he said it, but also it's like, it's, it gives you something to think about. Yeah. But like you mentioned, it's a really cool story having him being a San Diego native coming back to the team in the off season. I mean, he had to be like, like super excited to get out of Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh sucks. Oh yeah, um, and just going to a to a contender. Also, they added Snell. So I mean, Musgrove is is he was among one of the top players with uh, strikeouts per nine last inning, and I don't think he even got his first win with the Pirates until the last game he pitched, and that's how bad his his run support was with the Pirates. Yeah. So you go to a team like San Diego that actually throws up some runs on the board for you and. You have a way better shot of winning. Of course, they didn't have to throw up really any runs mm-hmm. um, to beat the Rangers. Yeah. But I mean, Musgrove, like this guy, he's been in the league. I believe he came in the league. I was talking about this the other day. He was with the Astros for a minute, and then he went to the Pirates. He's a guy that's always been a weird guy, if you watch Musgrove, just because I, I'm reading it right in front of me. Um, he deployed all six of his pitches, like six of them, and he only threw a, f- a fastball or a sinker just 12 times. Yeah. So 12 times, and he, and he threw all, like 120 pitches. That's insane. He's wild. So I'm saying, so all he throws is literally just stuff that spins at you. And so, like, imagining him on his game, like, and trying to hit against him, obviously the Rangers, you know, they saw that. But, you know, it's impossible to hit against someone who is effectively mixing six pitches. Like, that is legit an alien kind of thing. Like, six pitches, yeah. like, that's... <laughs> Coming at you dumb. looking like Dumbo. Yeah, it's just ears. dumb. I mean, I just don't under. I, don't, I really don't even understand. I mean, yeah. Plus, you got the ears coming <laughs> down the hill at you. It's like a distraction. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm I'm really surprised that this is his first one. <laughs> last thing, last thing on Musgrove. I did uh, hear somewhere that he did not want to go to the bathroom at all during the game. He drank like a whole bunch of waters. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't want to go to the bathroom at all during the game because I guess so. Sort of the superstition of baseball. You don't want to lose that groove. Um, you don't want to just go to the bathroom and then come out and throw a bad inning. Yeah. Um, so he didn't go pee at all. Yeah, and I'm, and that's wild because I'm I'm seeing it right in front of me. He downed as many he downed as many as twelve water bottles yeah. throughout the night. That's like his usual adherence to his in start hydration. That's like a lot of water. Yeah. Number one, but number two, he said I had to piss. His quote is right here. He said I had to piss so bad in the fourth or fifth inning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, a quote that he had in the post game. And he did it. He just sweated it out. No, that's what I'm saying. I guess a shot, if you if you drink twelve water bottles at least in a major league baseball like baseball game those are like three hour affairs yeah that's a long time to hold it. so shout out joe musgrove for that i might be more impressive than the no hitter itself <laughs> <laughs> all right so this made national news uh it, w- it was first rumored earlier um that mlb would m- be moving the all-star game out of atlanta uh in a response to the georgia voting laws of course that happened and then earlier this week they announced that they'd be moving the all-star game to colorado so, uh, any thoughts on them moving it to Colorado? Uh, I thought it was actually great. 
on the MLB's part to yep. move it to Colorado. And to be honest with you, it was surprising. Um, you know, just in a way, just because the MLB is a big corporation and they're a big, what they do, you know, the MLB does something this of this nature, people pay attention, and especially politicians and people in charge yeah. and people that have large amounts of money. So honestly, it surprised me that the MLB had big enough nuts to do this, number one. <laughs> but then again, whenever you read their explanation, you sort of understand why, because they view it as a voting issue for both sides, which is fine, um, which is a, like, you know, it, which is, to be honest, that's more of a liberal perspective that I would ever expect the MLB think, to Yeah, take. I think that MLB would have, especially with the people like, well, even in the last show with Kevin Mathers, like we just had him or we were talking about him and how he was responding. And he's like a very conservative mind in baseball. And there are still a lot of conservative minds in baseball. But having this move, it, it just sends a statement out to the nation um, that MLB isn't really having it. And I think that's good. And I do like the move to Colorado because that home run derby. Oh yeah! Oh, with, I didn't even think Colorado? about that aspect. To yeah. be honest, like, I, when was the last time the All Star game was in was in Colorado? You know, uh, I don't know. This might be the first time. I don't think so. Let me let me look that up. Um, Let's see. Colorado came Colorado in in like All-Star the nineties. MLB. I'm gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna find it. Yeah, it was actually 1998. 1998. So it was the fourth year of its existence, and it's kind of wild considering what you said. I didn't even really think of the altitude thing like that. And wow! So now that I think about it, with how much like how many guys that have like. So yeah. much juice going into that game. Light tower power. That's going to be fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout out to MLB for doing that. Hopefully, Joey Gallo makes the all-star game, and then he goes into the home run derby. Yeah, absolutely. But just more about the, the MLB, MLB's decision to move out of Atlanta. You know, like I said, it was just really surprising for them to do so just because they are, they've never really done anything to for any, like, any activism causes at all, really, mm-hmm. like, unless they're funding it. They've never really done it just, you know, just to say it. And so, like I said earlier, it was really surprising um, because, you know, big corporations usually don't do things like this. And yeah. they pissed off a lot of people when they did it. Like, they're, they're, I'm, I'm sure that they're, they're missing out on some level of viewership because of it. Like, I'm not, I don't think, I don't really buy into, you know, it being significant, the amount mm-hmm. of people that are going to be able, or that are going to be missing their games as a result. But good for them, though. Like, good for them. Yeah, so I completely I'm, I'm really happy that they did it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great move on MLB. Uh, I think Manfred, he has his ups and downs as a commissioner, and yeah. this was this was one of his ups. Um, yeah, doing it. exactly. But like, it's also it's a it's a win for Manfred because you can mix business with wokeism. You know, what I mean, like you get he he's not just like doing this just as out of the kindness of his heart. He's able to get people are looking at Manfred as some sort of you know social you know it's leader and change. Yeah. And so you know while he you know while it's surprising all of us are wow MLB does this we're not gonna let's not pretend like Manfred doesn't personally benefit from this either. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a pretty important aspect of it. Yeah. Just because you know in, in terms of legacy and I guess public a public opinion in general, you're gonna benefit big time from you know just a a, a move that really when you think about it it's not. To, it's not really a liberal move just because it's it, the voting laws that they're enacting in Georgia do affect both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like I said, it's important to remember that Manfred, you know, he's definitely benefiting from this, too. It's not just our fan. It's not just the MLB's fans and, you know, the people that are are not going to be able to vote in Georgia. Yeah. You know, and uh, moving on to another thing that MLB is is enacting. This is actually like the most recent headline. They're messing with Trevor Bauer's balls um, yeah. They're t- there. So they used his name in the headline of Trevor Bauer, his baseballs are being investigated after every single start. Um, and, you know, the, the truth is that they're not just investigating Trevor Bauer's balls. They're investigating everybody else's balls as well. Yeah, um, and that's the thing that's not <laughs> talked about is, like, I mean, we talked about it earlier off air, but, you know, it, Bauer is being used as sort of a scapegoat in the situation, and it makes sense why, considering mm-hmm. what we said earlier. He was really vocal about the Astro situation, and how he said, let's, I mean, I'll give you the quote here. I've been chasing spin rate since 2012. 
for eight years, I've been trying to figure out how to increase the spin on my fastball because I'd, I'd identified it way back then as such a massive advantage. I knew that if I could learn it to increase through training and technique, it would be huge. But eight years later, I haven't found any other way except using foreign substances. And then in 2020, his spin rate went through the roof. Yeah. And so everyone's just like, um, like, we see you. Like, you said it yourself, and then here you are with just this massively incre- increased spin rate. So, yeah, he's, he's being used as a scapegoat. I mean, he kind of earned it. But good on the MLB, I guess, just because the strikeout numbers are going up. And this has sort of been something across the MLB that's been an unwritten rule. Yeah, because it's weird. We talk about unwritten rules, um, but this is a written one. Like you're not, I think it's against the rules, like in the in the book, not to be able to doctor baseballs. But it's one of those things that you know. I think pitchers used to, you know, they used to just go and 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 doctor baseballs in front of reporters. Like this isn't something that is a secret. Everyone knows this. And I think there are some MLB hitters that have been documented saying, you know, they would rather the baseballs be doctored that way. They have more control, and that way they're not they're not being hit by them. So this is this is an unwritten rule that's sort of been ignored by everyone. It, I mean, so. And the MLB, they they they're no longer cool that just because all these strikeouts are happening, and yeah. all and all that. But yeah, like I said, Trevor Bauer, that's that's funny. But just the yeah. fact that he like said it four years ago, and then everyone's just like, "Hey, we see you, dude. Like you're cheating." Yeah, yeah. I feel like he kind of he challenged MLB to see if they would do anything about it because, like, he's not the only one that has been open about it. It's clearly evident that Garrett Cole does it, and yeah. he also got a huge contract he did with the Astros before his walk year. Well, and then I think everybody does it. Every, yeah. like every, Otani. That's what I'm saying. Everyone, we're, we think we're saying these big names like Garrett Cole, uh, Trevor Bauer, Shohei Otani. Like, these are the guys that everyone knows of. I mean, but you, you have guys like that are coming up from AAA and AA that are starting in, or that are getting two innings and going back down there like in the bullpen, and even those guys are using them. I mean, these, I mean, then, I mean, maybe not anymore just because they're trying to crack down on it. But, you know, like, this is an issue that has been so widespread across all of baseball for so long that it does make sense that they have to use someone as high profile as Bauer to sort of get their point across. I do think that the most interesting thing about it is that Bauer actually sent out the recipe on his Twitter uh, in 2019. He sent out, he said, pine tar, Coca-Cola, and rosin. Boil it down and then use it as the, the pitch grip aid. And that's what he's like. He actually sent that that's out. That's just goofy. Like you're, <laughs> you're playing yourself. Like, yeah. Like, is that not just like the goofiest thing you ever heard? Because like, because <laughs> like, really like now, like, is it confirmed? Did he use it? Is it confirmed that he got in trouble for for like using illegal substances? So he didn't get in trouble for it, but uh, I think he knew that like MLB wouldn't do anything about about it. Like yeah. they they wouldn't punish him at all. Yeah. So he was just like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I mean, as he should. I guess. I mean, I guess if you're if you're a guy if you're an MLB guy. I mean, and because we're talking about them in this sort of negative light, sort of as we should, but mm-hmm. sort of the other way as how it goes, it, it relates back to my, my, my previous argument. This is something that's happened for years on and years and years, going back to the 40s and 50s. You know what I mean? Like these, yeah. so they used to use sunscreen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they still do use sunscreen. I mean, I don't know if they do anymore, but this is something that every so these pitchers before them, like they saw pitchers do it before them, and those pitchers saw it. So like Bauer, like he's just doing it because everyone else did, yeah. and it's a way to to be better at the game. Like you, that's how we got game, his contract. You win, yeah, you win more games, you make more money, you provide for yourself. So of course, Trevor Bauer's going to do it. You know what I mean? On a personal standpoint, but mm-hmm. then I guess don't do it if you're going to say three years prior that you know you're, you're, you're basically taking a giant dump on everyone who does do it and then you do do it i guess that's that's the issue that i have with it is that he sort of took a dump on everyone else and then proceeded to do it because it's like bro like we all know like you're like we all know everyone does it but like don't grandstand and pretend like you're some yeah sort of and you know he's always like yeah i use the science to get better and things like that and, and like i can i can see that like he actually does yeah. do tests on his body he to does. see what he should 
yeah, work I mean, on. He, he does stuff with like driveline and like does like he's been I think he might be more focused on his spin rate and like just things like that with the science behind pitching mm-hmm. more than any pitcher in baseball. At least it's better documented than everyone else just because you see it on YouTube, Twitter, everywhere else. So there's no doubt about it that he's been doing it the right way before. Yeah. But, you know, but just don't grandstand and act like you're just holier than thou. And then, you know. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, how are you yeah. going to say the only way to get your spin rate up is to do this? And then your spin rate magically goes up. Like, brother, we see you. Like, we like we like you said it yourself. You know, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's just you're cheating. You're, you're snitching on yourself, essentially. And you, you start to remember, like, Garrett Cole and him were both teammates with UCLA. Yeah. But they, they don't like each other. Like, apparently they don't like each other. Really? Yeah, I've, like, read numerous things that they don't like each other. Is it the Astros and he was thing? like, I think so. A little bit of that. Uh, but also, Garrett was, like, the head of the UCLA team uh, and he was like you know he saw garrett get that huge contract with the yankees after pitching with the astros and he knew he was using the substance so i think he might have done it like out of jealousy and then he ooh. starts using the substance gets his big contract with the dodgers um yeah that's interesting though i didn't i never knew about that i mean i, I to, to be honest with you i forgot they were teammates for a second yeah. um but wow drama i yeah. love drama in the mlb it's so much fun yeah, so too. much fun i got one more thing on that i think that the the take that i'm gonna have is that everybody's acting mad but in reality, it's good for everybody. Yeah. What do you mean? Because, okay, so Trevor is getting his name out there, right? Right. He loves getting his name out there, his brand out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got what he wanted because he wanted to see if MLB would actually enforce it. And they are actually starting to enforce yeah. it. The media gets it because they put Trevor Bauer's name in the headlines. So they get clicks and they yeah. get reads. And then MLB, that gets more people into MLB if there's a scandal. Like, obviously, it might be a bad look for MLB. But still, that's going to get more people saying like, oh, well, what are they going to do about this? You know, like more people are paying attention to it. No. Yeah. And you're right. It's absolutely a good thing for everyone involved, including major league hitters, just because they're striking out way too much nowadays, just because launch angle, the swings are different. Um, But that should go down now. If I feel like if it's policed heavily and it's enforced, actually, you know, you're going to see an increase in in numbers just on the hitter side of it. So that is a good thing. Yeah. One more thing. Sorry. No, Um, go ahead. Bob Melvin. It's our I, show. Totally. I think, yeah, <laughs> that's right. It is our show. It yeah. is our show. You talk about whatever you want. You have to apologize for it, man. Uh, the athletics uh, manager, I think it was him, Bob Melvin, he came out and said that they're actually collecting the baseballs to find out what everybody's using and then create a legal substance that pitchers can use. Really? When did he say that? Uh, I heard it in, I'm not sure, I heard it in one of the post-game reports saying that they're actually collecting all the baseballs to kind of test what everything, what all pitchers are using, and then they're going to even the playing field by giving them all the same substance, like only allowing one legal substance. Wow. Yeah, interesting. I, yeah, interesting I also stuff. heard that. I mean, substances as far as pitchers go, like it, it gets them more grip. They get more spin rate out of it. So that's interesting that there might be a legal mm-hmm. substance that you can use just because then hitters are going to be like, hey, like, is there like a legal thing that we can use that was illegal before? Like trash can. They, trash can. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. That's a funny reference, but <laughs> but yeah, I just don't know, man. I just, I, I just that's an interesting idea, though. A legal substance. You being on the look like. on the UT team, um, were there ever any college pitchers that tried to doctor baseball? Asking me to snitch right now. I mean, no. Like, to be honest with you, no. Like I didn't. They probably did. Like there were guys that I know would probably put something on their belt. Maybe uh-huh. like, I don't know exactly what it is that they would put on their belt. I don't know what the cocktail. Each pitcher usually has their own separate thing because. You know, they learn what they use in high school at some point, and so yeah. they all have like their own separate things. Um, so now that I think about it, I think there Elmer's might have glue. been what's that? <laughs> Elmer's glue. <laughs> there <laughs> might have been. I mean, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't like think of any names in general. Not that I mean, if you're a baseball, a Texas baseball player listening right now, like you can be, you can be, you can be sure your secret's safe with me. <laughs> but 
I, I definitely remember there was at least two or three guys that did it. But that's just that just serves my point that everyone does it at yeah. every level. At, at, yeah. Especially in high school, like where you can't enforce it. You know, like in summer, summer, you know, junior college, like it's it's rampant. And so especially at the top level. Yeah. But as far as Texas baseball goes, yeah, it's about two or three guys, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. Well, talking about Texas baseball, this yeah. is going to be the second sub segment in first base. Uh-huh. And I'm going to call it Brett's Hints. Don't you think that's kind of a clever name, right? Brett's Hints. I like that yeah, one. It's Brett's kind of like Hints. funny because my name is like Hints, but with a Z on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's, up, what's up? What's up? It's time for Brett's Hints. That is massive. Oh, my God. Only on Around the Bases. Like, is that not just like the goofiest thing you ever heard? So you share some topics uh, on the Longhorn baseball team right yeah. now, right? We're on a winning streak, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're on a winning streak. We haven't lost uh, since the midweek game or the, excuse me, the midweek World Series for Texas A&M yeah. um, in which they, they won 0-2 to two and then they, they proceeded to act like it was the greatest thing that they've ever done in program <laughs> history, um, you know. Shout out A and M, whatever. Like, and they've been like losing ever since. And, yeah. we, and ever since, <laughs> ever since the A and M game, um, if there are any A and M listeners, you'd be happy to know that Texas has yet to lose a game. Yep. So they just swept. Te- they just swept Kansas State. Um, they beat Stephen F. Austin on Tuesday. Um, they beat, or on Wednesday, excuse me. They beat A and M Corpus Christi the day before, and they swept Kansas that weekend. So Texas baseball is on fire. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I, I remember. Reading was it Ty Madden? He had like a bad outing. Uh, was it against A and M? It was one of those early series. No, A and M uh, or A and M was a midweek game. So Ty's gonna be Ty is the Friday guy every week. Um, so he didn't pitch against A and M. I believe it, it was, was the previous it was Pete, series. It was Pete Hansen, yeah, Pete, yeah. yeah, Pete Hansen pitched against uh, A and M. But yeah, um, you're right. I believe Ty Madden. I don't believe. I don't know if he struggled in the on Friday. I don't think he struggled yet. Like I don't, he hasn't. I don't believe we've lost a game with him on the mound. Um, but. Yeah, I don't think his stuff was the sharpest, if that's what you're referring to. I yeah, well, he came off like two back-to-back double-digit strikeout games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that one, I mean, it's again, you're just like a, a victim of your own success. Yeah, and I watched Ty Madden on Friday, um, and Ty Madden, as the season goes on, he if you look at the draft boards, he his stock just keeps going up, yeah. just because he keeps on pitching wonderfully. And I, like I've said it on this show before, it just comes down to strikes for Ty, um, just because you know, whenever he's not in the zone and he's not consistently throwing strikes with his fastball, it's hard for him to succeed. He's one of those guys that's a high spin rate, really nasty off-speed pitch kind of guy. You know, there's different kinds of guys, I think, um, across college baseball. You either have that high spin rate, high velo, I'm going to throw it past you, and then I'm going to hit you with a nice, tight slider, like Ty. And then you have guys like Colby Kubitschek that are a two-seam slider. They work off of each other. So, like, they have have a pitch going in one direction, and then they have a complementing pitch going the next. And then you might find a few guys with change-ups, yada, yada, yada. But Ty's not one of those guys. He's a guy that has to hit his spots with his fastball. And last Friday, or this past Friday, excuse me, against Kansas State, he wasn't sharp. Um, he but he still battled through six innings just because that's how good his stuff is. Like yeah. his stuff is that freaking good. I mean the the college baseball draft or like the college baseball stock right now is going to be off the charts for pitchers. Um, having Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt, and then also Ty Madden in the top ten right now. Uh, for for the draft picks in the draft, I mean, college baseball pitchers are going to be crazy oh, for the draft. Oh, I mean, yeah. Have you watched Jack Leiter or Kumar Rocker at all? Uh, yeah, I, I watched I watched uh, Jack Leiter against LSU, I think, a week and a half ago. And, oh, my God, this dude is something else. I freaking love pitchers who pitch like this dude does. And I don't mean to get everyone out because, obviously, everyone loves pitchers who, like, don't simply don't allow hits. Yeah. But what I mean by this is this dude, like, whenever you watch him get on the mound, he hates hitters. 
He absolutely <laughs> despises them. And I'm sure all pitchers have some level of disdain for pitchers or for hitters, but this guy is a different breed. There's nothing better to me than a pitcher who can who gets on the mound and absolutely just hates his opponent because it just he attacks, 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 attacks. I'm better than you. I'm gonna get my stuff past you, and you can just tell by the way he struts off and around the mound. And that plays. It matters. It absolutely matters. And if you're on, if you're in the opposite dugout and you see the pitcher that and he's throwing like he's the stuff and he is the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like. I mean, like, everybody's talking about him. No. Yeah, everyone. That's the crazy thing is because L- before the LSU game, I watched it, and I think he pitched this past Friday. Um, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, um, he did pitch this last Friday. He actually ended up with a no decision, but really? he, still got, he still got, like, 12 strikeouts. Who did he go against? Who are they pitching against this weekend? Uh, I'm not sure, but everybody was like, oh, he got DeGromed. Uh, Jacob I DeGromed. I see. That's yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, if he, and if he gets drafted by the Rangers, in which I hope he does, he might want to get used to that. I, so. Yeah, <laughs> but I hope that he gets – I don't think there's any chance that he falls to number two, though. I think like he has to go number one, uh, but Kumar Rocker's like he's he's just as good. But that's I would love part. to get lighter. Yeah, that's the crazy part. Lighter. I mean, I was a big rocker. I mean, I've been a rocker fan since I was like sixteen. Like, cause I, everyone, I don't know if like, you play baseball in high school. I mean, I'm sure you knew who, who Kumar Rocker was. Yeah. Just because he's been you know that guy since literally he was like fifteen or sixteen years old, and that's what makes it all the more impressive. It's sort of like the LeBron effect, right? Yeah. Is you have all these expectations coming out of high school, like. You, you come out of high school and everyone's like, okay, you have to be good, like, or you're a disappointment. And, he's and then he's came out of high it. school and he's just like done everything that he was, that was expected of him and more. So yeah, it's been great. I'm seeing Kumar Rocker just dominate college baseball with the expectation of him coming in and dominating college baseball. It's just like, all right, that's my expectation. I'm just gonna do it now just because I'm better than you and you can't touch me. You know, what I mean, it's just it's yeah. just it's sick. It's just cool Vanderbilt is loaded. I mean, I just was telling my friends this other or my friend this other day, like you have Vanderbilt. Imagine you're an opposing team, right? So you go, you're, you're looking at your lineup, or you're looking at your schedule, and it's, okay, lighter on Friday, rocker on Saturday. And then I think their number three is, like, also filthy. So it's, like, we're already basically just, like, we're starting off the series just 0-2. <laughs> like, let's just go home. Like, it's just, it's insane the amount of talent that they got on that team. Yeah. But it, it like, it's crazy. And, and I do think that, look for those names in the draft, in the MLB draft, which uh, is actually going to happen during the All-Star game time like they actually moved it later in the in the summer i think that's a good move too uh Mm -hmm. people get to kind of finish out their seasons and especially high school players too so that's going to be really cool to watch so yeah ty madden is our pick uh, from ut absolutely but if i want do i have enough time to talk about somebody else though yeah absolutely tristan stevens this kid um i believe i saw a stat on twitter the other day that texas has had three games in which they haven't walked anybody Mm -hmm. and tristan stevens has started two of those games this is a guy that was not even expected to start the season in the the rotation in the weekend rotation Um, the only reason he is in the initial in that rotation is because pete hansen missed um the first i believe week with covid but he's just been so dominant since then they just they cannot take him out yeah you know what i mean because i remember back in my time whenever i was a bullpen catcher in my freshman year um Tristan was a guy that came out of the bullpen and threw probably 85% sliders. And now to see him as a guy that is working in three pitches and hitting spots and just doesn't walk people, like, it's just the most – that's what's the biggest surprise for me this entire season. Like, I know that's, that might be a hot take, but the biggest surprise that I've had throughout this entire season is just Tristan Stevens and how effective he's been. He has been so effective. He, and he was good again on Saturday. Um, I don't believe – So he's he, pretty much our, like our number two. Yeah, at this point, he's at this point he's made himself into into wow. the number two, yeah. and that's like and that's saying something because the strength of this team, this Texas baseball team, is their arms. They have yeah. so many arms. Like I said, Pete Hansen was a guy. I believe he was a a, a preseason Big Twelve All American, or at least mentioned, and as, as part of he got on some sort of award. Wow. Um, and so he had big expectations coming in, and he's been he's he I think he struggled a little bit early on in the season, but he's been pretty good lately. Um, but just to keep him out of the rotation is just impressive on Stevens, and just because. 
he's just been great. Like he allowed eight hits and one run in seven innings last or on Saturday. Yeah, and man, he, yeah. he's super fun to watch. I'm glad you've been keeping up with it. I've been trying to, but of course with with uh, MLB starting up. Oh yeah, there's just so much to keep up with. Like, I, but that's a good honest. thing. Like, like you got college baseball and mm-hmm. and like some MLB, and I like I focus on MLB mostly. But I am trying to get more into into college and stuff like. Like that, that would, would no, that would be great, and I wanted to say that too, just because you look at all the talent across college baseball, they can do this. Yeah, they. I mean, if they keep swinging like this, like I said, the pitching is going to be what gets them there. But if they can get you know good performances out of Melinda's and out of Antico and continue getting things out of Cam Williams and out of the, all the guys in the lineup, like this is a team that's going to be scary whenever it comes to summertime and when that's, they get in the yeah, Omaha. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, so we're going to have some thoughts on so far in the Major League Baseball season. We're going to run over them next, right after this break. And we're back. All right, so we left off where we were going to give out some surprise team and surprise performers on the MLB side of things, going back into that. One batter, one team, one pitcher each. And then we're also going to give one thing that just, like, absolutely sucks so far. We've only played, like, what, like eight games? But still, I mean, it's it's, it's a sample size. It's way too early to say anything. But, but it's our show, and we can do what we want. So we're going to give right. our way too early hot takes. Let's do it. All right. So let's see. Brett. Your surprise batter. My surprise batter. I'm gonna go with Nick Castellanos, and I have some numbers for this. Okay, so look, take actually this is something that's interesting because it's not really average or uh, OBP or anything like that. So let me give you his barrels ranks. Um, so before I give you his barrel rank, his numbers like a, the amount of barrels that he that he finds. Let me let you know what a barrel is. Um, it's more or less the ideal blend of a high exit velocity, at least 98 miles an hour, and launch angle, which starts between 26 and 30 degrees, and adjusts you know based on how hard the ball is hit. And so here are uh, Castellanos' barrels ranked since 2017. In 2017, he hit 51, which was ninth amongst all MLB hitters. He was uh, 14th in 2018 with 53, 17th in 2019 with 52, and 24th in 2020. And at the time of this article that I'm reading this from, uh, he has five so far in 2021, which is is first um, across all of baseball. Um, And so that's my surprise guy just because he's been doing this for so many years. Um, but no one talks about it. Like you never heard that, right? Like he's like finding barrels like at an insane rate, and and he plays for the Reds, and he's been. That's part of why I will get to it later. But that's part of why the Reds have been so good this year. It's just because of Nick Castellanos. He's not really looked at as a great hitter around the league, but I mean mm-hmm. the guy catches barrels. Yeah, so. I mean he was he was really overlooked when he played with Detroit. Of course they had like Big Miggy. Sorry, I almost said Biggie. Uh, we had they had Miggy Prince. I mean that's when he came up. I think around like 2013. That's mm-hmm. when Castellanos came up. Yeah. Um, and he was like overshadowed by those guys, and then of course he gets traded to the Cubs, and but now he goes and he did well with the Cubs, and that got his contract with the Reds. So since 2017, only Nelson Cruz, J.D. Martinez, Mike Trout, and Aaron Judge have hit more barrels than Castellanos. Wow, that's crazy. And so that's but the part of why we're not talking about it is because barrels those that doesn't mean success. You can hit a barrel, yeah, and it could be an out. And so another interesting thing about Castellanos is. Um, Let's we can list how many of his barrels turned into outs. So in 2017 or 2017 and 2018, he had 17 barrels that were outs, which were both first in the MLB. Um, and in 2019, he had 19, which was also first. And in 2020, he already has nine, which is also first. So in the last four years, like he leads the league in barrels that turn into outs. So maybe it's a bad luck thing, mm-hmm. uh, but also like I'm sure if you hit a ball, if you hit balls hard enough, and it looks like according to this article that he hits them a lot, a lot of times in the center field, which is the biggest part of the ballpark. So this may make it makes sense, but I mean, let's talk about Nick uh, Nick Castellanos, man, just because he's hit he hits barrels and he does it more than almost anybody in baseball. Yeah, I mean, if the Reds keep it up too, like a potential MVP candidate for the Reds. Oh, absolutely! It's it's 
yeah, it's insane. That's, so that's that's my breakout hitter. And like I said, I just think that barrel thing is really interesting whenever you think about cash down because it's not talked about enough. Like I, I, Before I read that article today, I had no idea. Yeah. So who's your, so who's your surprise hitter? Give me yours. So switching from the NL Central to the AL Central, my guy is Byron Buxton. Ooh. You know, he's a guy that came up and he was a top prospect for a couple years. He just couldn't stay healthy. And really, that's the thing. Like, he needs to stay healthy, but he's out batting with four home runs. He's got a 435 batting average. Uh, five RBIs, on base percentage of 500. You know, he's just, he's tearing it up. And, like, maybe he can finally be that guy that the Twins wanted him to be when he was that top prospect. Mm -hmm. And if he does stay healthy, he is the best player on the Minnesota Twins. You think so? I'm telling you right now. And I don't think it's even close. They mm -hmm. have Josh Donaldson, of course, but he's out right now injured. But even if Do Josh Donaldson was back and healthy, I still think Byron Buxton has, like, the most... He has he's the most promising player on the team. He's only twenty seven still. Yes. I feel like you've heard him for a really long time. He was drafted in the first round, second overall in the twenty twelve amateur draft, mm -hmm. of course, out of high school. And, you know, he's just putting it all together. He's crazy fast. He flies around the bases, crazy good outfielder. And can we like think about this for a second? The twins have a crazy lineage of center fielders. Really? You know, he's like the guy you, you think Tory Hunter, mm -hmm. right? Uh Denard Spain. <laughs> well, I'm kidding. He's tearing it up this year in Cincinnati, though. He Go is, ahead. but I, I've heard from like so many because he came from Cleveland, and I've heard from so many Cleveland fans like he's just like, oh, he's a, he's just a hot and cold batter. Like mm -hmm. he'll he'll come out super hot when he's hot, and then when he's cold, he'll play like like so bad. Exactly. So, but the lineage. What? So, what? Who else are you talking about? Whenever you're thinking about the lineage, in, yeah. In so, Minnesota. so they got Buxton now, and then before him, you had uh, Denard Span, mm -hmm. Ben Revere. Yeah. Tory Hunter. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are all center fielders, and they're all crazy great. For mm -hmm. And your, uh, your 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 choice seems hella timely today, considering Byron Buxton went three for four with a two-run bomb and four RBIs. That's as right. Just about, <laughs> just about an hour ago, like as we're setting up for this podcast. I predicted it. So you pr you, you spoke it into existence. <laughs> Byron Buxton is tearing it up, though, and that's a good pick, just because he does have all the he has all the tools necessary to be an absolute star in this league. It's just all about staying healthy for him. But yeah. for me, I hate that statement just because. Staying healthy is kind of a skill. Like you have to, if you're, if you're on the field for you know 140 games versus a guy who might be more productive than you for a, you know who's on the field for 40 games, you're mm -hmm. more valuable. You know what I mean? And so, he really does need to try and stay healthy as as much as he can. Obviously, but you know it's nice for him to to stay healthy and actually put it together. Because we've all, I've always been a fan of his potential and you know just yeah. watching him play just because he's fun to watch. But you know just seeing him do it at the plate, it's fun. Okay, so my surprise pitcher is Steven Matz. The Mets let him go uh, after – I mean, he was really great with the Matt Harvey era when they all had that whole thing with Thor, uh, Zach Wheeler. I mean, the Mets were, like, crazy good, and Steven Matz was one of them. But he fell off last year and definitely the year before. Uh, he just didn't look like the same pitcher. So the Mets flip him to Toronto for not a whole lot, honestly, in their, in their trade. They mm -hmm. didn't ask for much. And he just feels – it seems like he's turned it around and – He's, he's pitching well for the Blue Jays, and that's who the Blue Jays need right now. Like, mm -hmm. they need somebody to be good because we know that they have the offense. Uh, I mean, they got they got Biggio, they have Guriel, mm. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So, yeah, I mean, Matz has just been crazy. He's been one of the best starters in the ALE so far. Um, he just allowed one earned run on Saturday. Six innings, five hits, three walks. He's, I mean, like, he's not – 
shoving completely. No, but still, for Steven Matz, it's so surprising just because I believe he's been a guy that's at best been an average pitcher throughout his entire career. Yeah. Um, so to go to Toronto and really do that for a team whose strength is going to be in their lineup and really you know, give them what they need out of their rotation, that way guys like Vladimir Guerrero and Biggio and you know all their, their, their stars and their hitters can actually put runs on the board, it's, it's inspiring to see just because that's what they're going to need in order to have some sort of success. Um, so not only is it cool that you know he's having this breakout year, but the fact that he's having this breakout year for a team like Toronto is also notable. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just really cool to see him do it. And I don't think we can, like, that means so much because they're not just relying on Ryu anymore. Like, mm-hmm. Hyunjin Ryu was great for them last year. He was, I think, third in the Cy Young voting. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they add Mats to the thing. Like, Toronto's becoming great. Obviously, yeah. we didn't we didn't see that. Uh, somehow the Rangers were able to take the series from them. Um. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I don't know how we can. We'll talk about that later. I'm sure, but <laughs> yeah. that was weird. But yeah, Stephen Matz has been really good for Toronto for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, which leads me. Are you, is that is that it for Stephen Matz on you? Or yeah, for that's you? Okay. it for me. So yeah, that's gonna lead me into mine. And I, I really, I mean, there's really not that big. I'm looking at you know who's hot in the last two weeks, and you know who's been really good in this you know small sample size that we have because it's easier for us to give who's hot with hitters because they hit every day and. So with starters, like they've only had you know three starts so far, yeah. um, but I'll go with a bullpen guy. Give me Craig Kimbrell, um, just because ah. I'm looking at his numbers now, and he's got about almost Sly four dog. innings. Yeah, um, he's got four innings of work, and he's yet to give up um, a, a run all season long or a base runner for that matter. And yeah. he's had six strikeouts. And this is a guy that's continually uh, declined since he's been in Chicago. Um, and a lot of people were expecting him to keep on declining this year. I read uh, Keith Law's predictions for um, his teams or MLB teams throughout the year, and he uh, he really wrote about how Craig Kimbrell and you know his his decline is really bad for Chicago, and just because they need something out of the bullpen that can give them uh, you know literally something. And so far this year, he hasn't even allowed anyone on base. His WHIP is a zero, and so yeah. you know just to see a guy that's getting older. Um, who's ha- who's looking at a little bit of a drop off in velocity? We're, lo- we're looking at a guy who might be a little bit better of a pitcher now, who might be getting a little bit more smarter, and you know. So that's my surprise. I'll give it to Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, can we say that long-haired Craig Kimbrell is completely different from short-haired C- Craig Kimbrell? Honestly, I haven't even. He's paid got attention long hair now, it. man. I so I'm l- all right. Let me look it up. He, he looks Craig Kimbrell with long hair. <laughs> I'm honestly digging the long-haired Craig right? Kimbrell more than, than short-haired Craig, Kim- Craig Kimbrell. I'm a big fan, I'll say it, of the flow in baseball. Like, I think it's like I, I know, like, almost everyone has it, but I just think it's such a cool look, especially compared to the clean-shaven look. And low-key, I'm jealous because, like, I, if I tried to grow one, it wouldn't work. And yeah. so Craig Kimbrell, like, grow that flow out, dude. Grow it to your shoulders, especially with the beard. Like, he can have the whole aesthetic. You know what I mean? Just be intimidating. Yeah. That's just what I I, I, talk, I spoke about it earlier um, with Lighter, but, like, that dude is intimidating. <laughs> he gets on the mound. He's so matter-of-fact, and he's so, I'm going to blow this past you. Like, if you're a hitter, you got to be scared. Like, you, I'd be concerned if you weren't. And so, you know, Craig Kimbrell, I mean, he's obviously a, a vet, and people know who Craig Kimbrell is. But, yeah, yeah, man, grow that hair out. Let the flow. Yeah, what do you, what do, you do? You're, you're batting, right? You know how Craig Kimbrell goes into, like, that little yeah, capital like, T pose? Yeah, that weird look, yes. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like I don't know, though, but I, that's what I'm saying. I lo- I think I said about it a month ago. Like, I love guys who have their own little flair, their own little possess, like, their own little thing that's unique to them. And so you look at Kimbrell and the way he pitches, I mean, I've always been a big fan of it just because it's weird. You know yeah. what I mean? And the MLB needs guys like that just because you, the average guy looks at the, the TV and they see Craig Kimbrell hunched over with his <laughs> arm out. They're like, you know, what the hell? But then he just he doesn't allow anyone on base. And so, like, yeah. you know. You know, go eat at Arby's. You can't you can't hit against this weird, this strange dude. You know what I mean? So yeah, and when he comes set, he actually like brings his left foot yeah. in front of his right. He's foot. so weird, but I love yeah. it. I love weird pitchers. Give it, give it, give me a weird pitcher any day over a completely normal one. Yeah, 
All right, so do you have a surprise team for us so far? Yes, I have a surprise team, and it goes along with my surprise hitter, and that's going to be Nicholas, uh, not Nicholas Castellanos, but it's going to be the, the, the team that Nicholas Castellanos plays for, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, the Cincinnati Reds on this early season that we're giving our, you know, our way too early thoughts on, um, they are 6-2, and two, and what's really impressive about the Cincinnati Reds is their run differential is plus 27. So we were talking about our disappointing teams before the show started, and we thought about the Astros, and we thought about, you know, maybe even Boston or whoever. And I'm sure I think one of those two are yours. Um, yeah. You know, sorry, spoiler. But it's a lot, man. I, I <laughs> but you know, I really thought about Cincinnati just because their run differential is insane. That's plus 27. So it's not just luck. They're not just like beating these teams two to one, four to three, winning one run games. They're they're kill they're clobbering teams more than almost any team in baseball. Or excuse me, more than any team in baseball. They have the highest run differential across the whole league. Yeah. And so, you know, and th why that's notable is because the Cincinnati Reds going into the season, they were supposed to be awful. I believe Keith Law had him finishing or had them finishing with the second worst uh, record in the National League. Um, but for sure, um, last in the NL Central um, or excuse me. Yeah, in the NL Central. And they are in their first right now, six and two ap with a plus 27 run differential. Yeah. So that's going to be my surprise team. And I think that, that would be, you know, the best one to use just because. You know they're surprising everyone. They're supposed to be bad, and now they're good. So I mean, a lot of that goes to Nicholas Castellanos and Tyler Naquin can apparently hit. He can hit now. So you know, it's just weird, and so it's cool to see. I like that pick a lot. The only th reason why I might dock you points is that the uh, the Reds were a playoff team last year. True, they so were, and they That's have a true. lot of. They do have some players. They did lose Bauer. Yeah. Um, but they do have a lot of the offense that's still there. True. Um, point yeah. but you know they did like you said they did lose Bauer and they did lose a lot of pitching and so they came into the season with low expectations to maybe yeah. I guess maybe the second wild card spot would be their you know probably going into the season would probably be they'd be happy with that as an organization but you know looking at an hour two weeks in and they're killing everyone so yeah. you know plus 27 and yeah they're killing everybody so that's my surprise team give I me like yours that. that I spoiled earlier all right yeah so my team is the Boston Red Sox which Brett spoiled earlier a little <laughs> bit uh it's you okay because you stole that one from me. <laughs> the Red Sox, <laughs> the only way that they wouldn't have finished last last year is uh, is if the Baltimore or Orioles didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, like, they were terrible. And Ron Renneke came in as their, their manager for last season while Alex Cora was suspended. He looked like a zombie out there, man. Like, nobody... Nobody wanted to play for Ron Renneke. I don't even think Ron Renneke wanted to play any games, <laughs> man. Like he <laughs> That's was, a funny it was, line. It was a sad thing to watch. <laughs> uh, and the thing is, like, the Red Sox are a good team. Like, they, yeah. they still – I mean, they won the World Series in 2018. Um, they still look really good, and they still have a lot of their players. Obviously, they lost Mookie Betts, but J.D. Martinez is clobbering the baseball right now. I think he had, like, three home runs today alone. Um, in his game, so that was crazy. And then Nathan Uvalde's back, uh, mm -hmm. Nasty Nate. He's back. He's throwing on the mound. So, yeah, I think the Red Sox could be a really big surprise no, team. Yeah, and a lot of what they're getting and why they're so good is because J.D. Martinez is J.D. Martinez again. You know, for yeah. years we've come accustomed to watching this guy hit 320 and win batting titles and just be one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, this guy's a Hall of Famer, right, J.D. Martinez? Like we, yeah, I mean, we, we think he's a Hall of Famer, right? Just, just dingers. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not really looking. I don't have his numbers in front of me, but you know, this. I think I'm reading this right now, and the writer that wrote this uh, for <laughs> the Athletic. That's sort of redundant. I'm sorry, but um, he was the. He's gonna. He, they said going into the season, he was the biggest S X factor in the Red Sox lineup, and yeah. so far, um, he has been. You know, the Martinez that of the past, and you know, whenever he comes up to the plate, they're expecting big things out of him now, and so that's part of that turnaround in which the Red Sox everyone's surprised at. Maybe we shouldn't be a surprise because it's J.D. Martinez. You That's know true. I mean? Yeah. 
Look at this. Uh, I'm going to read this tweet out really quick that one of the Boston Red Sox writers, I think for the Boston Globe, wrote. In all caps, 14 runs on 17 hits, three ding-dongs and four hits for Jumbo Dong, two <laughs> ding-dongs <laughs> and five RBIs for Rafi Big Scoops, <laughs> ding-dong and three RBIs for Verdugo, three-hit game for the X-Man. Wait, whose Twitter is this? <laughs> this is Jared Carabas. He's one of the writers oh, for the Boston yeah. Globe. <laughs> uh, the uh. first place Boston Red Sox have swept the Orioles and won six straight. <laughs> <laughs> that I, was, I just googled Boston Red Sox and that was the no. I love it. Up. I love whenever we refer to home runs as like <laughs> ding dong. Ding. I love when we refer to home runs as anything other than home runs. Like if we say like someone just went yaya or someone just like hit an absolute yahtzee or just a nuke or a ding dong. I think that's like so hilarious. I think we should retire the use. I think announcers especially it'd be a lot more funny if we're like way Jack. back. He's going for you know the center fielders to the wall. Three run ding dong for you know that would be <laughs> yeah. so that would be so much more entertaining than just three run home run from JD Martinez you know what I mean yeah. and obviously I would hope that if it stays fair it's gone, gone. the ding, ding dong, dong. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say that would be so much fun you know if they even like got more ridiculous with it if they like started referring to like ground balls as like hilarious names <laughs> that just like I don't know it's that would uh, I would add some spice they MLB's looking to get younger viewers into it that's what they should do that's my that's my opinion of the day yeah <laughs> all right real quick. The most disappointing player, pitcher, or team so far for you? Mm. All right. My most disappointing team, uh, and like we said, it's early, so this is probably going to look stupid in, in a couple months, uh, <laughs> especially because of the team I'm going to use. But so far, it's going to be the New York Yankees. Uh, just because I'm looking at the standings, and they're 4-5, and five, and I believe they, at the minimum, have a top three payroll across all of baseball. Mm -hmm. So obviously, everyone in New York, whenever you have that much, that, that many resources allocated uh, to winning baseball games and you're under 500, it's pretty disappointing. Um, plus, like you know, they're 4-5, and five, and their run differential is only plus 5. Um, so they're not exactly in their wins, just rolling over teams either. And so, like I said earlier, this it should be taken with a grain of salt, just because I'm sure that they're way too talented to keep this up. Yeah. Um, but you know that's why they're that's why they work as the most disappointing. So yeah, New York Yankees is going to be for me. But yeah, what's yours? I like that. My d most disappointing team is the Oakland A's. Mm. So the Oakland A's, they didn't win a game. They were 0 and 6 before they won their first game, and they played the Astros, and they're booing. For the Astros, I think it might have had an adverse effect uh, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> there, was this, there was this thing I saw. They were like, oh, the athletics are so awesome. They're so woke. They don't want to win a game until Georgia <laughs> reverses <laughs> the, the voting law. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the athletics just look terrible right now. And I think it falls on depth because they're, they're so much of a different team because they relied on depth so much. And now, like, their starters are Mitch Moreland and – Elvis Andrews, who they got <laughs> from the Rangers, yeah. and he's their starting shortstop replacing Marcus Simeon, and that's just not a feasible replacement for Marcus Simeon. Like, I love Elvis, but he's no Marcus Simeon. Yeah, and it appears that things are starting to change a little bit uh, for the Astros, or excuse me, for the Athletics, just because they've won their last two games. They won Saturday and Friday, and they don't, they're off today on a Sunday, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, but they won. They beat the Astros by four runs in, e in both of their last two games, and they look like they're starting to figure things out. At, ugh, they look like they're starting to figure things out a little bit. Um, and like I said with the Yankees, uh, the A's are – they just have a little bit too much talent to just be that bad. You know what I mean? Run, I keep on using run differential, but their run differential is negative 32. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that's bad. That's terrible. Um, like, going into the Saturday night's game uh, against Houston, I'm looking at it in front of me, they had a bottom two offense and a bottom two pitching staff. Um, so, you know, but it also didn't help that their first ten games were against, you know, the two of the best teams in baseball. They played the Astros and I believe the they, Dodgers. they played the Dodgers. So it's like that's pretty unfair. 
Yeah. Um. So you know they're gonna they're gonna bounce back a little bit, but they for sure have been disappointing. I would agree with it, just because like I said, they have way too much talent to be losing that big with that big run differential thing. That's a big. Even I'm like I'm pretty concerned about that right now. Yeah. Like, but still, it's they 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 look like they're getting back on the horse a little bit, but they definitely have been disappointing. Yeah, I agree. All right. So second base, we're gonna move on to our local Texas teams. We're gonna start with the Texas Rangers. They're three and five, fourth in the ALS since the A's have been doo doo. Um, so a one three, they only got one win out of three against the Royals, and then of course the series win against the Blue Jays at home, and we just got swept versus the Padres. It's mm. okay though. Yes, it's okay, and that's why I, I I say to fans of the Texas Rangers, like people that I talk about about the team, that's completely okay. Yeah. If you look at Friday's game, even before the no hitter, um, you know this is just a team that's better. The Padres are just flat out better than the Rangers. Like mm-hmm. if you look at up and down the lineup. You know, they, they didn't play the, t- the Rangers didn't play terribly. They, I mean, they made a silly mistake, I believe uh, Tavares did. Uh, maybe that was on Saturday. Um, they made a few silly mistakes, which is going to happen. But they just outplayed them. They just have their lineup. They have guys like Machado and you know, just guys up and down the lineup that are significantly better than who the Rangers got. You know, both on the mound and in the field. So we got swept, um, but that's okay. Just because this is a year in which we're going to be losing a lot of games, and so if we're upset about getting swept by one of the best teams in baseball, it's going to be a long year for all of us, I think. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Kyle Gibson's opening day start real quick. Do we have to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was the worst start I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, what I, s- I said this, I believe, a month ago, but whenever Kyle Gibson – maybe I didn't say it. Whenever Kyle Gibson is your number one, you're giving the ball to him the first day of the season, something is wrong. Yeah. That's the best option that you had, you know – in your entire organization was Kyle Gibson. <laughs> like, no disrespect. Like, shout out Kyle Gibson if you're listening to this. Like, you doubt it, you are. But, like, why are you? But yeah, anyways, um, you know, uh, I just don't think that's just uh, – having Kyle Gibson as your number one, it just will never – you'll never be a good baseball team. Yeah. And so, yeah, he was awful in that first start. I don't. I, did he get out of the first? I don't think he did. Or maybe he got out – I don't think he got out of the first. No, he didn't. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, he was – yeah, he's been really sad part is that he was so excited, man. It was his first opening day start. Yeah. He's like 32 years old, and that was his first opening day start. Yeah. He was so pumped up for it. Well, um, he, then he was then reminded why he's 32 years old <laughs> and why that was his first <laughs> opening day start. <laughs> no disrespect, but like that's why that's why uh, that's why he's 32 years old and hasn't had an opening day start because, you know, Kyle Gibson in for a good baseball team is a number 4 or a number 5. And yeah. so to have him getting the ball, it's a little opening. It's a little. It's a little unfair to give him the ball on opening day with those expectations, just because you know you see opening day, you're like, okay, we're gonna have our number one come in, but our number one is uh, it's uh, Kyle Gibson. So yeah. <laughs> well, he came back against the Jays and he did really well. No, yeah, and that was encouraging to see, just because the Rangers they're gonna be wanting to win at least some games this yeah. year, and especially games that Kyle Gibson starts, considering he's the number one. Sadly, but you know it <laughs> was that was good to see uh, him bounce back against um, against Toronto. He even hit ninety six, I yeah. believe, which was insane. Y- even his, I mean, that's his first win ever at Globe Life. Wow. Uh, is it Globe Life Field now? Yeah. Globe Life Field, unfortunately, yeah. yes, it's a stupid name. Yeah, but, but yeah, he uh, he pitched six shutout uh, shutout innings against the Blue Jays, struck out eight, had six hits and one walk. Um, but in the fifth inning, he let one go that was ninety six. Wow, and that was and surprising. He's much like all skin and bones. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the peak of his uh, of his velocity throughout the entire day, uh, just because that's really the peak of his velocity almost throughout his entire career. So this guy obviously was was amped that's the good. hell up, and so you I know mean, it's, yeah. good, it's good to see it though. If he can just flip that switch though, like mm-hmm. do it again, do no, it again, yeah, just do it again, man. <laughs> It'll be fun. That's what I'm saying. Like don't do it too many times, just because I want to <laughs> pick you know in the top five, but. 
Yeah. Do it. Do it like 15 times. Let's flip him at the trade deadline for something. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, that's that's the hope. I'm sure that John Daniels and Chris Young <laughs> are hoping for that. I'm gonna get really close to the mic and say this guy's name, Matt Bush. Matt Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Bush. Matt man. Bush does not look good. He's on the IL now. I, I guess that's why he went on the IL. Yeah. But he gave up like every time he pitched, he gave up a solo home run. Yeah, Matt Bush. He was really good for like half a season, mm-hmm. but ever since then. I'm really confused. Why do we keep doing the Matt Bush thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand it's a feel-good story. He came. He was a really high draft pick, you know, and then he ran over somebody's head with a motorcycle whenever he was really intoxicated, and then he came back, and you know, it was this really good redemption story. He was good in 2018 or 2017, I believe, when the Rangers were good, mm-hmm. um, and so we want him back. And he's, the stuff is still there. Yeah, of. I mean, he's still throwing pretty gas. Like that's he's, what I'm he's saying. He's throwing hard, but the problem with Matt Bush and what's going to remain the problem with a position location. player that turned into a pitcher is the fact that he throws fastballs that are as straight as lasers. And yeah. so whenever until you figure that out, you're going to always give up. He, he's more of a thrower time. instead of a pitcher. Exactly. And be, it's understandable considering he was a position player whenever yeah. he got drafted. But, you know, that's I think the Rangers really, though, to be honest, they should chalk the Matt Bush experiment up as a W. Because mm-hmm. this is a guy that, you know, they took a flyer on. They had, I believe, I read the story, he threw a bullpen um, after meeting a scout at, like, a Golden Corral. Yeah. So, like, this is, like, he comes from nothing. And so, as an organization, this is a win to develop yeah. a guy like that and to get, you know, he was good for us at a time, too. Back, uh, He gave us meaningful innings, uh, I believe, the last time we went to the playoffs. And it was a pretty big part of that. Mm-hmm. And so, I think there would be no shame in the Rangers moving on from a guy like Matt Bush just because this is a guy that was Bush. a shortstop yeah. his whole life. And so, to convert a shortstop, and especially with his – history into someone uh, that was a service a serviceable reliever for you know an extended period of time that was cool but i think we should stop that yeah three players that haven't been right since the blue jays and rangers brawl rugnet odor matt bush and jose batista <laughs> <laughs> yeah true good point but rugnet odor um good segue into our, our next little uh our next little sub or subject you know he's no longer a ranger yep. he's uh he's a yankee and he now looks weird without a beard he looks like a little kid yeah. again and you know it's it's I would have liked to see if he like kept the mustache. Like, that <laughs> he that can't though. It's he's a Yankee. You can't. You, you, you I can't thought you have, have a mustache. I don't. I don't. Think, I don't think you can have any facial hair. Because uh, the Yankees. Um, I remember Yankees. what's his name. Uh, Don Mattingly had a mustache. It was like known for that uh, with the Yankees. True. In the seventies. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. So they can have a mustache. True. Yeah. Um, and their scalp hair cannot grow below the collar. <laughs> can we talk about how dumb of a rule that is, though? <laughs> that's a stupid. But can rule. we? Because like, Texas baseball has the same rule that you really? can't have facial hair because it's been the tradition forever. And so they that you can't have facial hair and you can't have you know hair that's not clean cut. And uh-huh. I just want to talk about how dumb of a rule that is for a second. It's so outdated and it's so stupid, especially for a college baseball program. Yeah. Because you have a bunch of young kids now, especially like swag is a big deal. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, it is. Whenever you, especially for a baseball team, like a sw- swag is a big deal. And so, you and know. You see with Tatis. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, just so you have guys that, like, want to come play for you that have badass beards and, you know, badass flows. Like, let them do that. Like, why are you, I just don't understand why it just seems like it's limiting more than anything. And it's an outdated yeah. tradition. And it's just dumb. I yeah. just, I just feel like it's, it, it goes in the same, you know, it, it's in the same tier as, you know, not wanting tattoos or piercings or anything like that. It's just. It's it's outdated and it, it should be done away with yeah. at all levels, including Yankees the Yankees. You should pay for the $5 shave club. And, I mean, including the, the <laughs> Yankees, that just, that just doesn't make sense to me. Like I said, I get it. Um, tradition, history, but sometimes tradition can be dumb. And I think we should be, we should do away with old ones. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I, yeah. don't, I don't think it, and it just doesn't have any, any reason to be here in, in 2021. No, absolutely not. Because like I said, it's 2021, and this was something that was prevalent during, I think it came in like the 40s, 50s, 
whatever whenever it dawned this is an outdated tradition and you know i think nowadays like men are just growing beards now they're growing beards more and they want to wear beards more or yeah. you know it's just and it's stupid and it's limiting and it makes players not want to play for your team and that makes you win less baseball games and I, that's the whole point and so like why are we doing it you know it's just dumb all right the astros look good they're first place um They've they've played both of the best both of the best teams in the AL West, the Athletics and the Angels, and they crushed both of them. Uh, I don't think anybody expected them to be that good after losing Springer and big head to injury. <laughs> big head. Uh, <laughs> Framber yeah. Valdez, by the way, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he has a name. <laughs> they are en fuego, and that means fire. Yeah, they are on fire. Um, they're playing in the worst division in baseball, in the AL West. So it's pretty expected that they're going to win this division. I think, um, especially now that Oakland's been bad. But yeah, they've been playing really well. Which yeah. I guess is surprising, but you know they have a lot of talent on that team still. So yeah, you know the Astros are going to be good um, as long as they still have that talent and as long as they still play in the cesspool that's the AL West with the Rangers and other bad teams like the Mariners and the Athletics and possibly the A's if someone gets hurt. So you know they're going to win this division, I think. And yeah, they're looking good, and it's not really a surprise to me to be honest, just because you know they've been good for for a long time now so yeah. it's just good to see though you see all the trash cans being thrown on the field <laughs> i did see that and i enjoy that i, I know it's <laughs> like everyone like kind of rolls their eyes and is like ah, i get it but like honestly houston like you just got to live with that that's just something that you're gonna have to live with just because the more that i think about it and we're not gonna like try and do a whole subject or a whole a whole segment here with the limited time that we have left but the more i think about it that cheating thing like we all know it was bad but that just really bothers me like yeah. to get to get pitches from major league pitchers and know and to know what's coming that's just completely wrong i mean that's saying that's stating the obvious but i just don't think it's talked about enough just how awful that is to the game of baseball and so i say to all mlb fans let's just all bring trash cans to every astro game astros game and just like beat them like a drum like if we all just had imagine if we all just had like mini trash cans like <laughs> we just, just like, like beat them like with a stick boom, that would boom, be like if boom. imagine like a sold out stadium yeah. like full of empty trash cans let's do it I'd, they would never be allowed to do that but like <laughs> that would still be hilarious all right, so we actually got caught stealing second base. Hey. We're not going to make it to third base or home plate. But let's see, just like any final topics that you want to talk about from third base or home plate, I'll start real quick. Texas is fourth in the nation for all college baseball. If they played the Rangers, I think they could beat them. I don't <laughs> think so. You're wrong. They would, get, they would get killed. I hate that argument that, that, that <laughs> X college team would beat X professional team because, no, they wouldn't. Every professional team has, like, hella college players, like their best college players. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's make it happen. I'm down for it, though. That would be fun. Like, I would just, like, want to see the – I would want to see Texas get killed, like, 35-3. to Because, like, as awful as the worst team in baseball is, like, those guys are all MLB guys. And on, yeah. on each college roster, like, even on the best teams, they have maybe, like, five. So yeah. what about your final thoughts? Anything? My final thoughts are let's do this again next week. I cannot wait to do it again and let's not wait so long to do it, you know, yeah. again. So they will be the show coming out. Let's play that. Yeah, we're working on uh, getting the Instagram and the YouTube up and running so we can have other other places to follow us. All right, guys, uh, this is going to be it for this show. We'll be back next week. We'll see you next week. On behalf of Brett and Colton. Bye.